0: Welcome to what's my thesis. I'm your host Javier Proenza. And today my guest is Jan Novak, fellow member of Mona Vista Projects. How what are your main like are, do you define as inter- interdisciplinary? Like what's your what's I'm, your what's your PR branding?
1: <laughs> I, I refer to myself as artist and composer at this point. Okay. So even though, you know, all of my art has sound, I you know, it just makes more sense that way. Okay.
0: And uh how long have you been in Montevista? Vista? When did you guys get in? Cuz we weren't there that much longer than you guys. Yeah. Like we were in September and you guys were when?
1: Um I think it was like like April maybe? April. Okay. Yeah. So it was... I mean that's a
0: that's a considerable amount of time, but like we just needed to I we just needed new blood. I mean yeah. that's kind of how it was when we when we got in. It was like did you ever hear about the fact that we may have been shutting down?
1: Um Deborah like alluded to it in a meeting once, but okay. yeah, I didn't I didn't get the the full detail. No, I
0: was yeah. fine. It wasn't it was like one meeting it was proposed because she was leaving and then oh, we were yeah. like
1: no That's way. <laughs> like no one
0: was happy with that idea. Yeah, totally. Um but yeah, man. So how are you finding the the organization? I mean you've got you you've come into like you've slotted yourself into a pretty solid role. I used to be part of the <laughs> the, the finance committee, but I just ended up being too busy and, and it seems like you who is it? It's you, Carly, and
1: um, well that, I mean, that's the, there hasn't been much movement on oh, the fundraising. Okay. Yet. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So
0: then it's not, I didn't just end up flaking out of that. Not, <laughs> not at all. No,
1: it, it, I, I.
0: No, no, it's all of it. There was, there's a bunch of us. We yeah. don't have to list everyone. At least we admit that we're complicit in it not happening. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Yeah.
1: I totally dropped the ball on a couple aspirational grants I wanted us to apply for and. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it just got away from me. So it's, I'm still, for me, I'm still finding my... Oh, I, yeah. Like it, figuring out how, how much capacity I have to do it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I didn't mean to put you on the spot no, no, and no, make know, you no. excuse no, no, yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> like I was just saying it in the context that you're that it was exciting because you have a, a nice energy about you. Yeah. And I think that people want to know, kind of, like basically being part of is mostly being part of a group chat, which yeah. I don't, I don't think. And then and then go to socialize, yeah. and then like you know, so and then we get assigned different tasks. Like I am also flaking on my task, which is to uh, throw the party that uh. that that between us and TSA LA, we're gonna have a social. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just to give people an idea of like how crazy it is. It's really like a bunch of people that have schedules and then we just try to keep the space going.
1: Yeah, totally. We're
0: not like hanging out at people's houses every day, (laughs) although it it, it, may that's kind of because I've dropped the ball.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm, to me, I'm already at the point of like, like being like, Oh my God, why did I? Why did I propose two shows this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh my god, now I have to, like, no, but you know why you propose two
0: shows so that I have to propose two shows. (laughs) Yes, I immediately was like, yo, I need to meet with this person and this person, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, in fact, in fact, (laughs) I interviewed someone and I was looking at the work and I was like, in the middle of the interview, I was like, do you want to pitch a show to Monte Vista? I mean, they'll have to vote on it, but like, yeah. But yeah, so basically for people that don't know what we do is we are all curators uh, and uh, we all have our own practice, but we don't show in the space, although we cheated one time and we all hate it (laughs) and no no one promoted it. We were like, we've got a two-week dead period and it was like our shame. Yeah, (laughs) I'll probably even cut this part out. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so um, okay, let's get a little bit of background about you. Uh, So we were talking a little bit before about... Your mainstay, like we talk about how we're working class artists on this show. You are a web developer, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. And and uh, uh, can I give the hop tip that you gave me that like uh, Squarespace is not as good as WordPress? Oh or yeah, is that- absolutely,
1: absolutely. <laughs> I am I am a, 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 a especially for artists. I think it, I think Squarespace is the absolute worst thing you can do for your practice. Really? Yeah. Why? Y- you know it.
0: I mean, you told me already off air, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, but but there are other reasons too. I mean, it's it's one of one of the simple one is that you're leasing the design versus owning the design. So it's like, you know, with a WordPress site, you can move it around, you can take it wherever you want. If you want to leave the Squarespace um, ecosystem, you, say it
0: becomes expensive. like Yeah, we're saying. exactly.
1: Yeah, if you if you get it priced out or whatever, it's like you're screwed. You can barely get your content out of it. Mm. You, you know, it's like you basically will have to start over somewhere from scratch and WordPress because it's open source is designed to, if you want to move your site to Tumblr, if you want to like, you know, do whatever it's like, there are plugins out there that will let you transition it to wherever you want. Mm -hmm. So you're building a database that is, can go with you for years to come.
0: Yeah. As I'm, Thinking about it, though, I'm also realizing that most of the people I have on the show never update the websites. <laughs> uh, yeah. What kind of clients do you have? Like, it's is it artists ever? Or is oh, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, artists, musicians, um, record labels, art organizations. So I've done everything from like, uh, you know, small artists, small musicians, because um, I do like WordPress consulting work where I can like throw together a website for like $500 for, mm. you know, so I try and do both that and then I do really high-end stuff for like you know I did like Smack Mellon the art space in New York I did their website um you know what are the
0: advantage I mean because I mean I I'm I'm asking you because you are informed on this stuff oh, yeah, and, totally. and most people like I think my understand my I think the reason that most of the artists that I have on the show probably don't update the website. They mostly stick to Instagram, which falls into the same problem that yeah. that we were talking about. And like now their content is not even getting to the people that follow them,
1: right? Yeah, exactly.
0: So there's a case to be made for actually updating your website. What 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 are the benefits like why do these artists, what is it that they get out of why do they come to you to have a website designed? Say for that five hundred dollar package, what do yeah. they what do they feel like they get out of it, and what do you sell them on?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it's about it's about owning your space on the internet and and being able to to maintain it yourself. So mm-hmm. a big part of it, uh, a, a part of that consulting stuff for those smaller clients as well is training,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know teaching them how to use it and making updating it accessible because that's one of the things with like. You know the other uh, aspect of like Squarespace that's, that I find terrible is like that you're both the designer and the populator of the website. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like you have to
0: choose what, even though the templates are already there, you have to customize them to fit your needs and whatnot.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And with with the, you know, the sites I do, it's like all of that stuff is like kind of boiled in. So it's like you're just dropping in images into image slots, dropping text into text slots, mm-hmm. and it all looks right. And that's the, for that's, the user. That's what you design. Yeah, okay, okay. you know that's, that's that's not
0: just WordPress. Like you can't use WordPress... Like the interface of WordPress isn't the same as Squarespace. Yeah, it, like it's it's not as it's not as accessible. That's why that's where you come in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. That makes sense. Well, I mean, do you want to since we're making a nice tidy package? Do you want to pitch your uh, your your website so that people know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that I mean that's basically or plug that's, it not pitch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that's the the you know, I do two packages. I do consulting work, which is on an hourly rate. So it's like artists can come and like, if they can only afford to pay me three hours a month, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll take five months to do it and it'll all live on my server and they can work on it there until they're ready to launch it. You Mm -hmm. know, so I, I have that really flexible thing. I also do, you know, for galleries or, you know, more established artists, I do bigger projects where it's like I design, the entire thing from the ground up where it's like a three month commitment of like, you know, doing design research on, you know, what they do. And, you know, in those instances, it's for a little more established artists. It's really about, I become kind of the, I like to think of myself as like a framer. Okay. You know what I mean? Where it's like, where it's, I'm not only there to put something on the internet, but it's, it's me helping them figure out the best way To organize their work, to display their work, and then designing something that Mm -hmm. complements their work. So it's like, you know. So you
0: don't you don't just have a template that you throw stuff into. No, no, no. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I mean, because basically that's that's the disadvantage of Squarespace.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's the other thing. It's like, and and coming from my partner is an artist, but also like an arts administrator. So I've seen a lot of the like, you know, and then even in Monte Vista, we're, you know, in some way, we're art administrators, you know, and it's like. <laughs>
0: Me in the least
1: way. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you think I'm about it. Like, I'm the face, I yeah. show up to the openings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, but like you know like you know we're doing a uh we can plug the you know the open call that we have open through yeah. through february 5th you know oh yeah for sure I, know, I
0: said i was gonna do it on the podcast but i haven't gotten around yeah. to, to filming a thing maybe at the end of this we'll do one <laughs> yeah
1: um but yeah so we you know it's like we're gonna go through you know you know what like probably hundred you know, applications and we'll probably click on their websites, mm-hmm. you know, and if like every other one of them looks the same because it's using a, you know, the same template in, yeah yeah in you know, Squarespace. It's like, yeah. yeah. In Squarespace. And it's like so, so much of the art world is, um, you know, so much of your, you're using your website is for things like that for applying mm-hmm. for grants, stuff like that, where the opportunity arises for the person viewing to see that template used over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, No, that, that's a good point. Yeah, it it's um
0: I can see how there there isn't uh if you have the um budget for it. Yeah. It it's a, it, it is a, a beneficial Yeah. um investment.
1: Yeah, and then now if you think about like what's happening with Twitter too, like, you know, with Elon Musk turning it into a hellscape, it's like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I think there's going to be a real push towards people wanting to have, you know, take control and have ownership over their presence on the web again. Mm-hmm. So, my, you know, that's kind of my hope of of that, that shit show is that it will push people back towards having websites because that's what was great about the internet 20 years ago was, like, all these random websites that, like... You know, yeah. would, anyone could put up something, it would just be the most random shit, but it was, like, so charming, and...
0: Yeah, no, but it was also a lot less regulated than it is now, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, like, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I don't, I'm not a huge uh, fan of billionaires, but <laughs> to me, the whole thing, the, the... um hyperbole around everything right now is just so intense. Like, you you know, like it's so, it's so funny how everything is bigger than like, essentially, I don't know, like the, the, whatever hope we have for the internet it's so different than w- whatever it was and like oh, yeah. what like because i mean we're of the generation we talked off air that we're about the same age yeah and uh the internet was crazy. like do you remember the term information superhighway oh yeah absolutely oh, th- like do people don't, do people even know what that is anymore like yeah. that is so crazy to me it yeah. is a wild wild time to to like live through from zero to and i don't know Maybe it's just uh, inevitable that things like that get corrupted. But I think you can trace back all the stuff like um like the Ajit pie, on the on the um I don't even know what it's called anymore, net neutrality. <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah. such an yeah. old concept. That was like what? How many years ago? That was like twenty twenty yeah. uh, early two thousands, right? Yeah, early two thousands. Yeah. And
1: then it came up again. Like twenty fifteen or something or say there was, I think there, that's yeah. I think yeah because I, th- I don't or know. no it was it was during Trump because because the
0: a cheap pie was during Trump possibly yeah. I, don't,
1: I I you know what life is a blur yeah.
0: <laughs> either way that that whole thing of just like the selling the commercialization and the
1: yeah anyway so what was your topic Oh so I I. Went around this. And I thought the the best thing to do would, would be science fiction. Okay, cool. All right. I
0: think we're on the same uh, same same wavelength then. Awesome. What uh, would? would uh, who's your favorite? I mean, or I can just ask you, tell you who my favorite is. Go ahead.
1: Um, I I would say.
0: Do you have a genre that's favorite? Do you have an art a particular writer that you like a lot?
1: Um, I for me it would be James S A Corey. Not familiar. Um, who wrote the Expanse novels?
0: Oh, which is the TV show?
1: It, it yeah. They, yeah, they yeah. later, May, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turned it mean, into a TV show, which I think the TV show is a, a one of the best adaptations. Um, but the books, I think, are just. Yeah.
0: It has a. It, it kind of has a uh, Battlestar Galactica vibe to it. I feel like you, you you know like from the outside, having never watched it, but just like you know space characters that are in love with each other.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean That are soldiers and in love.
1: The the. A term that I recently uh, learned, which I, I am in love with, is the is the term ambitopian. Okay. And actually both of those uh, would fall into that genre. Um, okay, which, what's that? It, it's uh, an author... Um, uh, it's like
0: ambidextrous of dystopian <laughs> and, and utopian?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, I'm not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it, this author, uh, Redfin John Barrett, uh kind of coined the term and it was specifically talking about these things you know i think both battlestar galactica and um the expanse are great examples of it of looking to the future seeing things in a you know some things are are seen in a very utopian light but there are also real world problems that we're dealing with today that have, you know, carried over or we're seeing the evolution of. So it, it kind of gives a more realistic feel. Um, I, I don't know if, feel I, to s-
0: if I would say that Battlestar Galactic is not dystopian. <laughs> no, no. All of society goes off on three books. But no, but I get the the hopeful, like I get it's the arc story, right? Yeah, like, no, yeah. It's the, arc. The, okay, the, I get yeah, it. I, I worked through the whole process, <laughs> yeah. and I'm with you now.
1: Yeah, it it the expanse is, is pushes it much farther. Much farther. Yeah, okay. it's it's um, it's rooted in much more hard science, which is something I really enjoy when when science fiction science fiction writers do. So it's like
0: do, you, but you don't do strictly hard sci-fi.
1: Um, no, I'll I'll go you, for all of it. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, um, but like. You know, I just, the, the expanse allows you to kind of put yourself into it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. which I really love. Like just the idea of like, especially in the books, they obviously for TV, they can't do it, but it all happens, you know, for the most part in the, in our solar system. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, they'll have to get from point A to point B and it will take eight days. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So there are these like, you know, and there's this, you know, these kind of families, are created on ships and there's all, you know, there's all this stuff that like, you know, like, and they do, I think ner- I nailed
0: the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: N- nerdy, nerdy, you know, kind of physics stuff where it's like, there's not, you know, it's like, there's no anti-gravity. It's like, they're either on the float or they're using acceleration gravity, you know,
0: like the centrifugal or what's acceleration? C- cent- uh,
1: like, like, con- like constant acceleration. will oh, okay. will create the, the, you know, we'll, Will pull you back. So all the ships in the so in the series are like uh, designed like to uh,
0: keep continuously moving like a shark.
1: To, yeah, yeah, but also they're they're top down, so it's like they're they're built like a a skyscraper.
0: Okay,
1: you know, so it's like when when they're going forward, the you know the floor is you know the bottom is the floor. This sounds it's like
0: it's better than Star Wars because Star Wars ends up kind of sucking at some point. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm into it did you so so when you said sci-fi that's such a broad genre too it is right that's, like so now th- this is exciting because I, I didn't tell you who my favorite sci-fi yeah, author was yeah. I was going for more uh, the snow crash uh, uh, the what's his name Neil Stevenson who, who also does historical fiction which I really enjoy uh, okay but uh, but it's interesting, like how broad of a genre it is. I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely. excited, and you know, like I'm always looking for new recommendations. It does sound a little bit like The Foundation, which the TV show was terrible. But the Asimov, uh, have you ever read? I'm, any of I'm actually currently
1: I'm I'm reading. Uh, what is it? The I forget which one I'm reading now. But I'm for the first time I'm yeah. reading those right yeah. now. I think It's, I'm on it's the not fifth, an easy read. Book. Yeah, it's yeah. not
0: an easy read because you keep having to look. Re- re- you keep being introduced to new characters. Yeah, which is a little tedious.
1: Um, but
0: yeah. but like it, but I mean story wise it's pretty solid. Yeah.
1: You know. It's yeah for me it, it's I've been really enjoying it and I did like make the jump from the fifties stuff to the eighties mm-hmm. stuff. Like so the the one I'm on now is the first book that he wrote in the eighties. Yeah. Um, the the fifties stuff was. I got a little cringy towards the end of cuz I feel like like you know going back to the like Ambitopian thing it was like like Ambitopian of the 50s where mm-hmm. it was like every every pro like the foundation is constantly like trying to reinvent how they're expanding and it somehow always boils down to like making their women happy which is like so, like the like the first iteration. They're like, oh, we can sell them these like, you know, trinkets and jewels. And there's like this whole like paragraph I remember reading where it was like all about financial control of no. of these barbarized worlds um, through like basically giving them appliances. And then it's like, oh, the refusal to fix the appliances. Will you know the women will nag the men so much that they'll which have book to... is
0: this? I don't think I got that deep. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I think it's the, I think it was the the it was the second book, the second it, book. it was the second book. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it was full, full on like they the the kind of first iteration is they kind of use religion, they like introduce
0: so then I guess like so sci fi for you, what are the parameters that you're most like? It sounds because. I'm from a generation of the William Gibson st- stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're all, we both are obviously, yeah. but I got more into that stuff. And it was actually really influential in terms of like, I can trace specific pieces to like William Gibson concepts in yeah. the, of like, of data collection before it even happened, or yeah. or while it was starting to really take off, you know. But I think some of that stuff was written in the eighties, yeah. where it was like data trees, and I would try to visualize data trees of like your personhood as boiled down to, um, you know. And it, it's it's an interesting thing. It's that that stuff was really interesting at, at, uh, as a teenager and as a, like a person, a man in his twenties, to sort of think of the many selves you know like you have your person like your personhood and and in fact sometimes like especially during covid sometimes i get so into the tech space that i that i i like have like that natural processes seem weird like sex you know where it's like oh my god i'm attracted to this person's body you know (laughs) it's like we live in such a sterile unbiological like life style as as opposed to like maybe even when we were kids like when we're kids it was dirty you know (laughs) like you would scrape your knee and shit yeah like even kids nowadays don't do that
1: yeah for me that i i have the opposite where i get so into the tech space that i kind of forget my body yeah 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 yeah. you know so i i i can but i can trace that back all the way to my 20s of like having these moments like when i was living in seattle of like starting a project on my computer you know in the middle of the afternoon or something and in the winter in seattle it gets dark really early like at four o'clock um and like blinking and it being dark, yeah, you know, like where the the my the outer periphery of my perception is not refreshing, yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. all of a sudden I have a certain blink, and it's like I'm like what what happened? Like <laughs> it's this weird perceptual shift. It was kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, um, it is it, it it is that like we used to call it the K hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back I think that's a generational thing <laughs> you know when you were in the hole yeah. but uh but yeah so okay so and then I'm sorry the the sci-fi that you're into is is space always invi- involved in your sci-fi or uh, cuz I mean sometimes it is for me but that like I'm I've always been more into like futures you know yeah, yeah.
1: for for me it would be it would be futures yeah. as well it's, so not alien sci-fi
0: not like like I mean contact is cool and all but like
1: Oh, I, I'm I love that movie. Yeah. I have yeah. To no,
0: that. no, I'm just saying. But like, that's the end of like, <laughs> like the, as as far as I get into the alien stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I like alien abduction stories and all of that, like the <laughs> real stuff. But like, alien sci-fi is always a little bit like, unless it's like Star Trek.
1: Yeah. It 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 all depends for me. I I have a total soft spot for Star Trek and yeah, the, yeah. the the full on. Um oh, I'm forgetting his name whoever created Star Trek. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well, now I'm blanking Gene too. Gene Roddenberry. Like I I'm all for that like mm-hmm. hardcore utopian as well. Like yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's I think it's absolutely beautiful and and using aliens as a kind of metaphor for diversity is like you know it's I'm all all for it. So it, yeah. it really depends like alien stuff won't necessarily lose me but i don't yeah yeah i'm not gonna necessarily like i also won't seek it out yeah exactly yeah yeah
0: no i think we're on the same page so then have you ever read snow crash or anything like that any okay because you because that is hard dystopian that's like anarcho-capitalist stuff uh which is really interesting uh i think a lot of the um it's one of those books that you that I read and I was like, oh, it's cool, but then like a lot of other people read it and they're like, oh, we should make it real. And I'm like, no, it's not cool like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because like Meta literally comes, like Facebook, the biggest company in the world is named after a concept that comes from that, that yeah. book, right? And so, but it, there's some really interesting stuff that he does, which is like, he talks, he's, have, did you, have you read any Tom Robbins? Mm-mm. Okay, so Tom Robbins is great, but sometimes his research is bigger than the story yeah. and more interesting than the story and i don't find that is the case with uh with like like i'm always fascinated with the holes that he goes down, and so there it's a it's a, it's about hackers right mm-hmm. and like and um it's about like there's like a virus that people can get. And it, he traces the histories of viruses and all of these little things. And it, it, it's both metaphorical and like, uh, but it's basically like there is a virus that's only affecting hackers because only they can read or understand the code that oh, is being flashed in front of their face. But it, 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 it's really cool yeah. stuff. And then it, it basically is like what our country is kind of heading towards, which is everything is privatized. There's sure. not even a police s- I- I- anymore in that, in that world. It's a... Um, it's like just a completely it, it's the anarcho-capitalist dream of like yeah. just complete corruption. Everything is privatized. You you are a citizen of McDonald's as opposed <laughs> to a citizen of America. The American yeah. government is tiny. It's yeah.
1: it's crazy. It, that's yeah, that's that I think but I think
0: like Peter Thiel and those motherfuckers <laughs> yeah.
1: The expanse does doesn't does the exact same or does very similar things with that where it's like the the world that that uh, that exists there is like Earth is a sovereign nation, Mars is a sovereign nation, yeah, yeah. and everyone that inhabits and works in the the belt, the outer planets are all of, are basically the the um, the lower class, mm-hmm. and they are because of generationally being raised in space, they can no longer inhabit a, a gravity well, so they've kind of become. Mm-hmm. another race, but not really. Um, but, it, but like they, you know, it's, so it's really interesting where they, they will like their, the stations that they live on are based, are like, will be run by a corporation versus, yeah. you know, it's like they, they're not because they're not part of, uh, Oh, okay. So uh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So it's like this, you know, Tycho station is run by the Tycho corporation <laughs> And, you know, they have their own, you know, and so the, the first book is very, is kind of like a detective novel, which is is really beautiful. And so one of the, um, one of the main characters is a security guard at, on a station. Um, and so, but he, there's like this great line about how, you know, oh, we don't, you know. Because it's a station, we don't have police, we just have security yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's like yeah. the, it's they're just so it's like they're you know safety is all about the safety of the corporation, not about the people
0: no definitely yeah it and and one of the things that's funny in the um, it's like it's like going to an embassy. You know, like when you when like it's not McDonald's, it's like Lee's Happy something whatever. But like it's you you that's where you go to run away from the private security. You know, once yeah. you get into your franchise, the the private security can no longer chase you because you've got yeah. sovereignty. It's like yeah. it's that like I said, stepping into your embassy. All of the all that stuff is cool and interesting because it's like it's it's based on a lot of um like it's just based on on a lot of history right like company towns is what it sounds yeah. like right yeah, exactly. like where like and then they pay you in the money that you can only use there and they end up collecting all of it because you're rent and they control how much rent so like literally you just get yeah it, it, It's that fractal nature of, like, uh, of of history repeating itself, right? Like, it's not the first time it happened in the 50s. It wasn't the first time then, and it won't be the first time in the future. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, and so, like, in The Expanse, they, you know, it's all about... And it goes back to, like, it's very similar to, like, Dune, where it's, like, it's all about resources. Yeah. Where it's, like, in Dune, it's all about spice. spice. Um, and water, <laughs> yeah, and water, and and in the expanse, it's also it's water and oxygen. Oh yeah, yeah, you that makes I mean? sense. Yeah, because yeah, those are the, the the. So, are there
0: pirates in in space? Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's... it only makes sense. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, <laughs> there's a market for it. Yeah, and there's
1: the, but they go in. It, they do it in such a uh, detailed, great way. So there's this whole like little subplot. It's it's basically like the backstory of one character, but it's like. He, you know, was like a. I won't go into it, but the the what I'm going for is like these belters on a station. Um, the corporation that sells them everything ups the prices, mm-hmm. you know, like a penny, you know, for their oxygen. And the, you know, in that, and it throws that, everything, yeah, yeah. In that context, it means that in order for them the amount of oxygen that they can afford per month is two days short of what they need. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when it's oxygen, it's like, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, and it's out, but it's, it, you know, it goes right back to like Nestle trying to privatize water. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's already happening here now.
0: Have you seen the... Uh... There's a the, one of the solutions that people came up with in some region. I forget. It could also be bullshit because I saw it on 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 one of those motivational Instagram <laughs> things. But they they put out these big like I don't know what they're made of, but like sails that kind of just captured moisture mm. from the like from, from I don't know. I mean, it looks like desert, so I don't know yeah. how they how how much moisture there is, but it's interesting how like people come up like mother is the <laughs> necessity is the mother of invention kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But I mean, not that I'm happy that they have to do it. It's yeah. awful. But yeah, I mean, they've been doing that for like since we were kids, you yeah. know? And like, and that's the crazy thing. Like I think people, I think people may have been more aware on a global scale of like the horrors of like our, economy <laughs> and what we did whereas like even though we have all this action access to information i don't think people really realize like you know it's like how bad everything that i'm running in this <laughs> in this setup like your setup like all, yeah. all of this stuff is like made out of very very bad metals that are like artisanally crap like taken and i just think people are so disconnected from that it's crazy yeah. you know but i think that that's what the literature that we like makes you aware of like yeah, that exactly. that disconnect it's and yeah. it, and growing up with it made me always f- or now makes me feel like i eat as dystopian as the world is i can kind of survive it because all the characters i read about were badasses you know yt had a harpoon and a skateboard <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and stuff like that what, what uh, did you ever read um you mentioned detective novels. Did you ever read uh, Asimov's iRobot, the original one? I haven't yet. That's like where all cliches
1: come from. Yeah. Like
0: you will read it and be like, oh, I, <laughs> I've read this story before because everything has copied it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm planning on it. I I will say my love of sci-fi early in life is all movies and TV. Like what? What? Um, I mean, just, just, you know, I mean, we... For me, it was mo- I was more of a Star Trek person yeah, than, yeah, a, than a than a Star Wars. Um, Star Wars but, movies, know, yeah. Con- <laughs> uh, you know, Contact is a is a huge favorite of mine. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm I'm super dyslexic, and so I was oh, never yeah. a reader as a as a kid. Or, um, and just recently, I I or in like probably five years ago or something, I um, discovered audiobooks and it's been like oh, this okay. this transformative moment for me and so I've been like going on morning walks and I just am like burning through every sci-fi that I always <laughs> like wanted to like I own the books I wanted to get into them like yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like I just you know went through the first six Dune books for the first time in my life and it was like that's a fucking accomplishment, so, man. It was awesome. How and, many pizzas is that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> there used to be a, a Pizza Hut program where if you read enough books, they yeah. give you a pizza, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're we it's old man corner. Yeah. Um. What? Okay. So then.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm really playing catch up with with my with my reading right now. Did you? No,
0: so no, no, uh, Aldous Huxley. Uh, Brave New World?
1: Oh, um, I've done Brave that New World. That is like World. the
0: yeah. darkest book. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, but even that one, it's like Brave New World and um, what's his other one that I love? Um, oh, I can't remember. Um, the other book he's famous for. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, I forget.
1: Yeah. Um, Doors of Perception. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, bo- both of those I read, but, you know, and same with 1984. It's like, there are huge holes because it was like my reading. It, it's not necessarily reading comprehension, but it's like
0: the effort. Yeah, the, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm dyslexic too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's
1: like for me, I I was I never had that kind of transportation into the world. Mm-hmm. Until you had the audio. Until I had the audio. Yeah. Until I had audiobooks.
0: Well, there's there's a really really good first season of the Brave New World on Peacock. I I highly recommend it. Yeah, we watched that. That was really good. It is dirty too, and it was really good. (laughs) It was like sex everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) But that that was like. I mean, do do are you familiar with Grant Morrison as a comic book writer at all? The he did the Invisibles. He's done some Batman runs. He's Mm -hmm. like he did uh, the the um action comics for a while he's he's uh he's one of those guys that is into like ritual magic he's a chaos magician so he but like a lot of the stuff that he does borders a little bit on perception trickery kind of stuff where you're like you think that something's going some way and then you realize and he completely shifts your perspective on some stuff he's i would say he's like alan Morion in that tradition of like you know fucking weirdos that have like really deep things to say because they like explore the depths of their heads But let's see, what other, what movies? I mean, Alien was so good. Uh, Oh, yeah. But.
1: Well, this is a really great one. Alien, the first Alien was actually one of the main inspirations for The Expanse. Oh, really? But it's specifically the first two people that get killed, Mm -hmm. um, which are like the two like, like maintenance people. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, I read, in, in, or no, I think it, it was on a podcast um, with the writers of The Expanse, and they were talking about those two characters, and it was really like the first time in science fiction that you kind of see... The working class.
0: Yeah, that's cool. You I know? never thought about that.
1: Yeah, and I, and it it never occurred to me. And I had to go back and rewatch, it, and I was like, oh my god. That's well, even so... just
0: that, like, is that, that that's the first one, right? The her in yeah. the mech suit. That mech suit is just it's like a it's no that that's the sec, second one. That's the second yeah, one. The yeah.
1: first one was was just on the ship. That's the that's they, the,
0: It's a little bit more horror movie.
1: Yeah, it's right? a little more yeah. horror movie, and they just kind of go through the the, the crew killing everyone, but it's like. Yeah, the first, there's, there are all these conversations in it with the, these two characters, you know, where they're just, like, griping about pay and, like, it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this, you know, having to take this detour to land on this planet is, like, all about, like, them losing their bonus and, like, you know, there are all these, like, working class concerns that are, like, you know, st- that are addressed by these two people that it's, like, you you so rarely see in...
0: Have you ever heard seen there's a uh, an anime it's I read the manga first but um, it's uh, it's called Planetess and it is mm. like they are it's in the future and there are again a working class group of garbage people like or uh, waste management people that orbit the planet and collect space trash and like oh, wow. what, like it starts with one person who like one of the characters has like a loved one who dies because a little piece of trash like like the size of a grain of sand rips in through her spaceship because all that trash that's going it, I think it's the I, it, there's it's not Kessler but it's a it's it starts with a k it's a sim, it's a thing that that like a theory or whatever a syndrome yeah it's not a syndrome because I think that's medical but <laughs> but um all the space garbage that's like yeah, and it, and it's going to eventually like make it so that we can't like leave the planet right because uh, because of the danger so basically what they do is they collect all of this before it collides with other stuff and it's it's a similar thing like there i i wonder if that's like a whole subgenre of like you know that kind of thing i mean i guess alien is a little bit different because it's like um, they're just I mean, is she what what's what what's her role? It like No, I mean it,
1: it it's it is totally the same because it's like because it, it's also <laughs> there the ship is a cor, you know, they is owned by a corporation so everything is dictated by what the corporation wants and then the second movie Aliens they get sent back to the yeah. planet because the corporation is interested in weaponizing this thing and you know, it's
0: the '80s knew what the corporation was up to. That's crazy. <laughs> totally. I, I'm like thinking back. I'm like realizing how much of my training comes from that culture, and now I, I see the movies that are coming out, and they're they're so overtly like political. Whereas like this stuff is a little bit more subtle, you know. Yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Moon with um, hmm. what's his name, the uh, Sam Rockwell? That is a fucked up movie about this theme, where it's a guy who realizes that he's dying because he gets exposed to like. Anyway, basically the main premise. I don't even want to spoil it. Okay. But the movie, but it's definitely worth checking out. And it is corporations doing shady shit where it's like hidden, and uh, part of it is uncovering it. You know. Yeah. Which is fun, and like Sam Rockwell is awesome. But yeah. I I the whole genre is it it is an interesting expansive thing. I'm surprised like what is I guess um I guess I'm thinking like young adult it would be the 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 what's it called Hunger Games? Oh yeah. That's yeah. kind of sci-fi. Yeah, it it's there's so many things that fall into that
1: category. I'm I'm okay on, on Hunger Games.
0: Like I I don't think I could have read it. I, it definitely wasn't made for me. I'm I'm yeah. happy to acknowledge that. I
1: I will admit that I did listen to the books. Um, it was especially it was actually I think it you know, had its moments. It had its moments, but like right, I also did it right after I think The Expanse, and The Expanse is very much a not a young adult thing. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's very much an adult oriented thing and so I, it was a little like hard to get I was like oh this is this is only like 10 hours long or yeah. like you know or it's like every expanse book it's like audiobook is like 20 hours long or something <laughs> so it's like oh this is a little this is a little short damn
0: people complain about my episodes being long <laughs> no they don't but uh, someone <laughs> I talked to a kid the other day and I was like I have a three-hour interview of this person that uh Camille Camille Taylor and she, and and she was like you didn't edit it and I was like have you not heard of podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Uh that's interesting. I've never gotten into the audiobook space. I'd listen to a lot of podcasts though. Yeah. So I could I could get it. Um what so where did you grow up? What 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 like what was your um background?
1: I I uh, grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, um, okay. Which if you're not familiar is like the kind of hippie enclave of the Midwest Okay. Um, to total hippie parents. Um,
0: And are you, are they, are they immigrants or have you guys been there for, for a while? Um, Novak doesn't sound like the typical Smith
1: American name. (laughs) Yeah. I think um, the, my dad's side, I think I'm, I would be third generation. Third generation. Yeah. I, I think my mom's side too is third generation would be third generation. Um, yeah, so it's, um, all Northern European, Swedish, mm. Polish, Norwegian. My last name is actually is Polish. It's, uh, it, my whole name is a weird, like total, uh, kind of butchery of, of many different things. Um, cause there was apparently some sort of falling out between my grandfather and great-grandfather Word. um so novak um in polish is spelled n-o-w-a-k um and my grandfather changed the spelling of his last name to just in some self kind of butchered version through family drama of
0: not even ellis island <laughs> yeah yeah no no, no. Um, just
1: bitter, bitter yeah just changed. just some and and no one in the family knows what it is.
0: I'm gonna give your dad the benefit of the doubt, just based on how parents used to be. Generation each generation, yeah. The, yeah. the parents are a little harder. Yeah. So, well, it was
1: it was grandfather to great grandfather. But my, I don't remember that grandfather. But uh-huh. I know that he was loved. Like he was a- my d- dad, uh, yeah. and both my parents loved him. So, so yeah. Um. I'm I'm definitely taking his side too, so I'm happy to have the the, the <laughs> V Novak, um, yeah, and then my my um, God, I I, re- I feel like I really lucked out with first names so of mm-hmm. Jan because the other two uh, the other two choices were Sven and Thor, um, so I'm happy with I Jan. Could, I
0: could I could see you as a Thor. <laughs> <laughs> you got Thor vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, how did you like? How do you balance? What would you say you balance out your music and your? Because you're you're an artist and a composer. Yeah. And most of your stuff. So we've got some paintings in that that I in the background, um and and stuff like that. But you also do video stuff. You said.
1: Yeah. So well,
0: you do animations with like uh, After Effects. You yeah. Know what you're
1: saying? Yeah. I mean, it it's all all of the visual work. I mean. I used to identify as a sound artist, which Mm. I've kind of moved away from.
0: And that's distinct for people that are listening from a noise artist, which is a much more obnoxious thing. I mean, I love it, but it's still obnoxious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, basically sound art was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the thing you would say to be allowed into the you know quote-unquote visual art world mm. and and work with sound yeah. that that's that's how you had to frame yourself um and i was it
0: sculptural as well in the in that like i've seen like that take on a yeah i mean speaker as yes, a sculpture yeah
1: sometimes it would but uh, i mean to really really there was this real um You know, I kind of came up at this time when when the art world was really phobic towards sound stuff. And so it was was really... And now it it feels very in vogue right now. Um, But I've also kind of... I've become really tired of those... um, of those distinctions and rules and kind of become a little resentful of them. And so now that's why I kind of,
0: I did pick up some resentment. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. that That's how I've kind of moved towards just, you know, calling myself a, an artist and a composer. And uh-huh. my artwork does involve sound. It involves video or light or, you know, it, it generally tends to, Um, When I'm working in the visual art space, it's about creating kind of atmosphere or or a space. And so I'll use video, but it may, the video is generally kind of like color field work. Um, Mm. I mean, the the piece behind you, those are all, um, uh, those are actually uh, for, uh, uh, those are, you know, acoustic panels. So they're, you know, they're actually for treating a studio. Um, and I had them, uh, covered in different color fabric that each of those colors in that sequence were the video in another room for the same exhibition.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and do you actually compose music? That's just like music. I mean, I not do, necessarily yeah. like pop, but is it a, what, what, what genre do you, do you uh, bounce around? Or are you in a specific space?
1: Um, a, again, a little resentment. Um, the 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 best the the closest word is is ambient. Okay, um, but it,
0: I mean, it's like I mean, you don't have to subdivide it, but it's electronic, right? Like yeah, not, it's, it's, you, it's you all don't, electronic yeah, music. You yeah.
1: you play with synths and stuff like that, right? Absolutely, yes, yeah. It's it's all computer so, but generated, it, but it's
0: yeah. ambient as opposed to uh, as opposed to like synth wave and stuff like that, or anything more poppy.
1: Yeah, and it, it it I mean I I. I started. I adopted using the term because it's electronic music without a beat, for the most part. Yeah, and or you know, or without rhythm. So it's it's so
0: no no rhythm no because I mean even some ambient music does have like
1: yeah yeah so it it you know it's kind of dronier um, Mm -hmm. you know but still.
0: So you're not like into you're not in the monolake hen Robert Henke space, not in the orb. You're you're farther out into like maybe more gas.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I opened for Robert Henke. Yeah. Uh I mean it's a, it's it's, it's adjacent, but
0: his his is definitely more rhythmic. Yeah. Even though it's like just a beat going.
1: Yeah. But he did a great. Um, the eat he, he design. He's part of the Ableton team. He's yeah, a fucking G. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. Um, that that actually that show I performed with him was one of my one of my favorite moments in in wow. performing because, and it was the he got
0: into the orb like. He, <laughs> you yeah. don't just get into the orb. Yeah, <laughs> and and they're like, here, you're the orb now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, yeah. It, I played it in two thousand seven. I opened for him, and it was actually he was doing a a totally droney piece then called yeah. the the Buddha Machine, uh, which I won't go into the piece he did, but it was it was such a great show in at this fest in this festival in Montreal, and we
0: just keep getting even more niche. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy knows who guesses. Nobody yeah. knows who guesses.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was one of my favorite moments because uh, he it was at, it was in this art space that has is like a big warehouse with a bar in it that was here in LA uh, no in uh, Montreal Montreal uh. and he, and they were supposed to close the bar for um, for the performances um, and me and my collaborator were like the newbies and like you know I had never performed a big festival or it was like the second time I'd done a big festival like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they left the bar open for our performance it was just like you know really kind of noisy minimal droney piece yeah. it was it was eight channel surround and everyone's like laying on the floor and then there's like glasses clinking and clattering and stuff and we just kind of like powered through played a little louder you know mm-hmm. whatever and robert Hankey comes on and like starts this like beautiful drone it's like eight channel surround like you're just like enveloped in sound and like 10 minutes into the set he just like slams all the faders down and like waves his fist at the bar and he's like what the fuck you were supposed to stop serving (laughs) And like, shut the fuck up, or so you know, like something like that. And they just slams all the <laughs> faders back up, and it was like the bar, bar was silent. The nice. rest of the performance, like everyone that was getting drinks, like just like scattered like roaches. It was so so funny. Yeah,
0: and probably with a German accent, right? Oh yeah, with to- total
1: <laughs> German accent, and he's such a like mild mannered yeah, 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 yeah. like he's his demeanor is like is not the one that would yell you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. no like, definitely you know i think he was like wearing like one of those like like bucket fishing hat thing you know it's like
0: i used to listen to his shit nonstop, like just on my headphones i would go for walks in when i was living in italy and it was like i would go on hikes my teacher was like uh, upset at me that we went on a hike to like where they carve murano or uh, marble right out of the mountains and uh-huh. and he was like why aren't you taking what take your headphones off and taking the sounds and i took the headphones off and i was like it was like a bunch of like valley girl types going like oh my god <laughs> i was like no i'm gonna You're listen like- to robert henke yeah <laughs> that yeah, was no monolithic at yeah. the time but yeah and then i remember trying to show someone that stuff and it was like somebody that was probably listening to John Denver, like some <laughs> some <laughs> Southern boy. And he was like, yeah. oh, cool, techno. <laughs> it's like not having it. And I was like yeah. in my own world with it, just this like really, really great, like um, it's like soundtrack music, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and, and it gets you it gets you hyped up. I love his stuff. Yeah, I really, I really. He's great. I'm just glad that I had someone I could talk to about Robert Henke on this oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. No, but that's really impressive. I mean, congrats on, on opening for him. I would have just... Piss my pants. Uh, I mean, not that I do any live performance or anything like that, but, um, cool, man. Well, anything that I haven't asked you about that maybe you wanted to talk about that I've left out? Um... I don't always have all the questions, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know enough about the people sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think of where we could go from there. Um, I mean
0: we we we've been at an hour, so I'm we're okay. wrapping up. I'm just okay, I'm just cool. asking you one one last question on the way out. I'm okay, not like right trying on. to grind out <laughs> on more. You know, sometimes it goes long. Sometimes it feels like it can go long, but I feel like we've tapped it out,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I think it yeah, it feels good. It's um
0: We've gotten a sense of you and, and, and what you're into, uh, what would like, do any, any, um, what, with dyslexia, you never got any like training with that or any special uh, assistance with it? No,
1: I mean, I went to, uh, you know, it, it's, it was growing up in the Midwest. So it was mm-hmm. like, you know, and also it was like the eighties and nineties. So I, I did go to an, an alternative high school, yeah. like it, it starting in my sophomore year, but it was like alternative high school. In... Well,
0: if you, if you, if you do that later for high school, by then all the people that haven't had their AD, like a, a, their issues helped are all fucking delinquents or drug addicts because that's how they cope. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and, I, and I'm talking about myself yeah, too. And, and I you know? was as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and then were you know, you go to the the alternative high school was a fantastic place. I mean, it was yeah it was absolutely amazing experience, but it was like you know, people that had been kicked out of their houses, people that had kids early, yeah. you know, people that couldn't you know that were queer and couldn't deal with the larger high school, like the bullying. Um, so it was like ev- everyone that had a problem. That you know. ca- that
0: probably arose from, I mean, or was somehow related to the frustration. Because if you like, I remember thinking I was dumb. I remember just oh, straight yeah. up thinking Absolutely. I because you can't keep up with everybody else, and uh, and it's a really difficult thing. And I think that a lot of people like if you can't succeed at school and you're failing, what's left? Be cool. <laughs> Yeah. You know, And just party with the cool kids. Yeah. In fact, the first I, I think I maybe have said this before, but the first person that ever got me high got me high at Epcot Center and is in prison for murdering someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Anyway, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's nice. It's always nice Thank to finally have. To, oh, it's it's great yeah. to have you. Um, it's always nice to actually meet the people that I that that are, because. I have friends that I've had, and until I have them on the show, <laughs> yeah, I don't really know them, you know. And like sometimes people are like, "Oh, I don't, I didn't know that that about this person." So hopefully, we'll enlighten people that you know about you and yeah. uh, and your love of uh, sci-fi and yes. how different, like, because yeah, learning disabilities are tough, man. Yeah,
1: yeah, and
0: they're definitely not adequately handled in this country. Yeah. And I'm
1: also, I'm also partially colorblind. So that also like throws another. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why you're a sound artist. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, they all, all of them stem kind of the, the synthesis of it all is that, that I can't, I can't trust that my perception of the world is what the rest of, you know, which, which is a, you know, again, a common sci-fi theme. Yeah. Um but you know it it's a, it's I've become more and more kind of interested in that because it's like it's so many people experience it and just don't talk about it.
0: And we're neurodivergent, which is like there with autism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it, I mean, it's not the same as autism, but it's in, it's in, it's in the Venn diagram. There's a bigger thing that we both fall under. You yeah, know? exactly. Uh, yeah. Which is interesting. I didn't even know that until like this year Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> or last year, but yeah, it's like, oh yeah. And it is one of those things where people are like what's it like and you can't really say because you don't yeah. know you don't have any point of reference.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like and it's and it I, at least for me how it present like how it's described to it is is so is so lacking. Like I remember like being taught what it was in school and it being described as like oh you will like people see things backwards. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, I don't, you know, it's not that no. I see things backwards. It's like, I, it's like, what, I, what is, what I experience on the page is not what's actually there. But how it's are like, you with
0: numbers, with like long strings of numbers? Numbers, numbers are not I can, that. I, I cannot, like it, 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 my, my ex used to think it was a tr- it, like, she would watch me like I was doing a trick. I would look at the number and I would just get it wrong, yeah. and and I think that the what it talks to, what it speaks to, is that it is a coding issue. Like you are you are having a a, a difficult time t- taking visual information and coding it into phonetic information.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. for me, for me, what it was was um, I was homeschooled for kindergarten and first grade, and so I was wasn't like. In a proper classroom until second grade,
0: that either really helped you because you had extra attention, or kind of hindered you. Which it, one was it it
1: to- it totally hindered okay. me. It it totally hindered me because of the the like it it did it totally did like
0: your mom wasn't trained to it, to deal well, with or, in,
1: no. Interestingly, my my mother. Was uh, her degree was in education, English and history, but that's different than and my father special education. though. Yeah, right? yeah well, yeah. but she actually did go into special education and did okay. teach uh, special ed for ten years. Um, mm-hmm. But she was working with uh, cognitively disabled people. Um, but yeah, I, it was for me. It was like I the the moment I remember it was was being unable to read out loud in Mm -hmm. second grade and like being put on the spot, having the spotlight on me. I also deal with anxiety, you know, and like I had like test anxiety is what was another diagnosis I got. Yeah. Um, but it was like, for me, how it presents is I see the wrong word. Okay. Like it's not that I'm, you know, seeing letters mixed up. It's like, I, you know, I'm seeing, you know, it's just like it, the, the, it, if, if, uh, words have, if they're sh- too similar. Yeah. If they share three or four letters, yeah, they yeah. can just be interchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I'll, that get, and I'll yeah. read it out loud and will I'm like, wow, that doesn't make sense. And I have to like go back and be like, oh no, that word is actually yeah, yeah. this, no matter how much I see it as something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it it uh well the example that I always give people is that left and felt are not the same, are not uh mirror image words of each each other, but they get confused all the time because they have essentially the same elements. It's the same yeah. letters in a different arrangement. Yeah. So it's not reverse. It's not mirror image. But yeah, I mean it's uh it it has been a struggle. I wish we had figured that out a little sooner. <laughs> that we or I wish we had gotten into a little bit sooner. But I feel like um. I don't know. I feel like that's like its whole episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: trying trying to push my whole practice in that direction of like really digging into it now. Uh You know, I mean, it's like it's even, you know, like why I like to consider myself a composer and not a musician, for instance, is like like, because I'm like I'm better at like arranging the big things. In space but it's like you but know not like the performing yeah and like I can't like I can't read music I have a hard so time I, even like
0: how do you do the live performances so you it's just able to
1: live right yeah so and, you're just and,
0: playing it like but you but are you doing are you doing live synths or anything or are you doing sequencing
1: um it's it's again it's it's more about like so uh, everything all the like Basic elements are already rendered, and it's like how mm. they're how they're present- performed, yeah. yeah like with how the Ableton, they're sequenced. yeah, yeah. yeah and like how, when when they're when things are triggered and how they overlap. And
0: so you, know. you you struggled with stuff like logic a little bit, maybe more than the Ableton is just so intuitive for that kind of thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, it's literally designed so that you can perform your
1: music live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, where for me it was like um y- before that I tried Cubase, and it was like it was just so. It was so brutal.
0: And Cakewalk. Cubase and Cakewalk are, I've had since like I was 15. <laughs> yeah. And I've used them and I was like, oh, okay, that's, what, that's cool. Reason was where I, it finally clicked. The, oh, yeah, in, yeah. in the early 2000s, 2002, yep. I started using Reason and that's when I was like, whoa, this is fun. And then yep. Ableton, that's it. Like Ableton, I can make a, I can make, I can sketch out an idea in Ableton so fast that it's embarrassing that I don't make more music. <laughs> I just, it's just not my top priority. But every time I get, on that thing, I'm like, okay. Here's the baseline. Here's the thing. Yeah. It is. It's is, so great. Yeah. It's like everything is right here. You don't even have to look at the screen most of the time. So get an Ableton push, yeah. and then Ableton push pay us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Anything else? Anything that we can promote for you?
1: Um. Any I, shows coming up? Uh, yeah. The I uh, I it might
0: not come out in time to promote it, but we like to. Let people know you're doing
1: stuff, yeah, that's totally fine i'm the the i everything is really far out, so I okay. have a new album coming out that I'm really excited about that actually deals with is exactly about my dyslexia and okay. color blindness and this kind of uh um yeah, this the this uh, I haven't quite figured out how to talk about it yet but this this discontinuity in perception I
0: interview artists I'm familiar with yeah. that concept yeah <laughs> um,
1: and then I'll be performing it um, at uh, in the end of March March 31st at uh, um, a festival in Melbourne called or in Brisbane sorry uh, called the ohm festival at the Brisbane powerhouse
0: cool man and how much of this gear is going um, just the laptop and the ableton or are you taking it the op1 uh
1: just just the laptop what's
0: the peak that's the novation peak is that a circuit
1: it's a yeah. it's a it's a synth synth yeah it's a really but, cool di- digital synth.
0: nice and then what's the the what's the rolling thing you got there
1: uh tr09 oh nine yeah so nice. just, just starting to, the, the new record has a few beats on it. It's the first time in like 15 years.
0: Jesus, how much is, I mean, this is gauche to ask, but that's like a very expensive Apollo. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your interface must have the best preamps <laughs> out of anybody I know for that fucking wreck. <laughs> wow, how many, how many inputs, or is that, oh, it's, no, no. The,
1: it's the eight. The, yeah. That's the, the eight? Yeah. Okay.
0: And then what's that thing on top?
1: Uh, that's just patch bay. That's a patch bay for.
0: Yeah. Do you do you have Eurorack? Because you have like a whole bunch of patches.
1: Uh, no, my partner does, but be- behind. Oh,
0: me. that's where I didn't see it. It's yeah. behind the Pikachu. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, I have. I got into Eurorack... Um, and I kind of got out of it. it was, yeah, because it,
0: it's like a fucking... Yeah. <laughs> so I, I literally have one module. You buy a car. <laughs> yeah.
1: I still have one module behind me um, that I have no idea what it does. It's called the like something like quad temporal shifter or something. It does something with CV that I don't understand. Uh-huh. Um, I kept it because it also, it has one digital noise out. Uh, and I love this digital noise it creates, and so I like literally kept it in a little case. And
0: that's a moog and a what? Uh,
1: two, two two moogs. Two moogs. Is that yeah. like
0: kind of like the matriarch uh, uh, branding on the on the one on the right?
1: Uh, this this was actually my partner got for me for. Uh, as a gift it's this it is was so limited you know what? Edition. we should end the show because okay. this is not even going to be in here <laughs> i'm
0: just going to cut it out because <laughs> we're not even looking at it. i'm just more curious okay, for myself cool. and then we're i'm going to look at this pedal board behind me okay oh that uni vibe looks nice that chase bliss all right anyway uh thank you guys for checking out the show what's your instagram
1: Oh, uh, just at Jan Novak.
0: Okay, at Jan Novak. And uh, thank you for checking out the show. We'll be back next week with another guest uh, with another topic that may or may not be art-related. That's how we roll around here. And thanks for watching.